Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, listeners on the Filipino podcasting machine, Prince D. And with me, as always, is Timmy B. Before we start, be sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you get your pods. And leave five star, five star reviews. It just takes a few minutes. It means so much to us. Please be also be sure to check out MiddaySquares.com and use code FIGHTINSIGHT15 to save 15% on your first order. You don't believe how amazing these functional chocolate bars are. On today's episode, we talk to one of Canada's newest and greatest hopes for UFC Gold, discuss fighter pay, and what got us into martial arts, and a whole lot more. Tim, hit it! Yes, Timmy B. Our guest today is a fighter in the UFC's strawweight division and the former BTC strawweight champion with a record of five and one. Her nonstop pressure and aggressive style is always a crowd pleaser and her bout with Jessica Penny produced a ton of highlights across social media that garnered her a ton of new fans. She makes her highly anticipated return to the cage on October 9th in a trilogy match against Sam Hughes and we can't wait to watch. Born in Mexico, she now makes Canada her home and represents both countries proudly. From across Canada, from Vancouver, ladies and gentlemen, Lopita Lupe Godinez. Hey, Hello. Lupe. How are you guys? Thanks for good. having me. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're in training for a fight, right? Yes, correct. Awesome. We'll get to uh, some of the questions. You made your UFC debut. Loopy, I never knew who you were before, but after that fight, I was posting videos of you power bombing Jessica Penny. It was such a great fight. I was cheering and screaming. Uh, how has your life changed after that fight? Uh, you know, I mean, for me, I haven't changed that much yet just because you are in the UFC that doesn't mean you know you you made it because for me is you had to once you are in there you had to win then you had to stay there then you had to become a champion then I can say I made it but all right for now right now I'm still in the process I'm still learning I'm just still you know hitting those bumps on the way and yeah, I'm just really happy to be here in this position. Honestly, um, I'm in this unique position that not everyone gets the opportunity to be on. So yeah, it's just really exciting. Lupia, and I also heard that you got the news that you were going to get matched up with Jessica uh, at Costco. Is it true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with my boyfriend and then uh, the, my management... Uh, uh, Jason is like, yeah, he video called me. He's like, wait, you got, we got it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, holy shit, holy shit. That's all I said for like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. Lupi, was uh, there anything on sale while you were at Costco? Yeah, I was at Costco. <laughs> Did you, what were you, was there anything on sale? Were you, what aisle were you on when you went there? I was in the pharmacy. I was like, that's my favorite place to go and getting those news perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, Lupi, where do, you, uh, where do you train and who do you train with? Here Maybe. I train at Titan Center and uh, here in uh, BC we go uh, this other gym called Revolution where uh, Bibiano Fernandez goes to. So I get to get rounds with him. 
I get uh, I get to learn some from uh, Cole Smith. Um, I train a lot with uh, Jamie Horth and a couple other people from my gym. Um, yeah, so and I and, and I, I like to go to different places, right? To to learn, to get uh, different, to to see different looks. So that's what I've been doing. Like this, uh, for for the last two weeks, uh, in the past, I was in Mexico training uh, with Alexa Grasso and Tim Grasso, which mm -hmm. was really good. Uh, they have an amazing striking. Um, I had a blast. All the people there, they're just so, such a good people. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, that's, that was going to be my next question because, you know, in preparation for this interview and getting ready to ask you questions, I was seeing on your social media, you were out in Mexico with Alexa Grasso. Have you been friends with her a long time? Like, do you normally train with her? No, this is uh this is the first time I, I meet him in person. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, and honestly, it was like it was it was so nice. You know, everyone there they have so much knowledge, and they all like you know the coaches, the, the, the all the girls, the guys, you know, sharing their knowledge, which was it was really it was really good, and I'm really looking forward for my fight. Uh, that's amazing. Alexa Grasso is an incredible striker. I mean, she puts on great shows, but you two somewhat have a very similar style in terms of like your aggression. Like you're, you're a very aggressive fighter. I was watching some of your old fights, man, to the people that only have seen Loopy in UFC, that is what she does. It's just push forward, push forward. Like it's nonstop with you. Uh, Loopy and I saw it too. It's nothing but pressure, pressure, pressure. You just don't let off and you, like a gas tank, it's never empty. It's always full. Like, what's going on? Like, what, what's in your cereal? Yeah, like you know, to be honest, like my last fight with with Jessica, I wasn't a hundred percent. Now, I didn't say this a lot because, like, I don't know if it matters or no. But first of all, I took the fight in two weeks, two weeks and a half notice, right? Yeah. I was a hundred and forty pounds <laughs> because because I had COVID two weeks ago, right? Like two weeks before the fight, right? So for two weeks I was in bed, just chilling. I didn't go super sick, but I was sick. I was just at home. And then I was just eating and you know, I'm this tall. So everything <laughs> got to the size. So I was like 140, right? So they're like taking the fight. I was like, of course I'm taking the fight. And then there's like, okay, the next day you had to go to the States for visa stuff, right? Like to, to speed it up. So I got to to the states for like the like the two weeks and, and a bit that I had to you know to go to Vegas, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just like this the whole time, and it was it was just too much. It was so crazy, and then when the fight came, of course I didn't feel a hundred percent, even though like a lot of people thought I won. You know what I mean, like so like I'm like I'm excited for this fight because now I go like couple months to get ready my you know everything is is in slower pace so i'm enjoying a lot more of the process this time nice that's and great Luffy. and on top of that they they call you in the middle of you doing the your groceries like that's even more added pressure you couldn't even get your groceries done you're in the middle of pharmacy and you give me this bad news and you gotta lug all this stuff back to back to your house so that's extra pressure too you forgot to mention that that's a big that's a big uh you know, uh, uh, big job to get to get through, especially when you're at you know in the middle of doing something, right? So I just so I thought that's something to add to. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, thank you, Prince. Um, Loopy, 
In your, I, I just want to get to something a little bit serious. In your debut match, the commentators talked about the circumstances that led you coming to Canada. Because when you came out, you were representing both flags. And, you know, anytime we see that, we think, ah, oh, that's so cool that, you know, she was representing Mexico and Canada. But they talked about a funny story about how you and your family came to Canada. Can you share a little bit about that? Is okay. There are six people, right? So it's like four, we're four girls, mom and dad. And so some dangerous people, whatever, uh, they're like, okay, uh, we're asking for money. We need this and blah, blah, blah. And then my dad is like, no way. So he just grab us and say, we're going to Disneyland. We're going to go for vacations, grab all your clothes. And then we just go to the airport and then we hear Vancouver, Canada, because we have a straight flight here. I was like, oh, what the hell is that? So I started to feel kind of itchy, like what's going on? Then when we arrived to Canada, to Vancouver, and after two days, I was crying. I was like, what's happening, right? This is not Disneyland, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And then after like the next day or two, I was like, well, we're, we're moving here. We cannot be in Mexico anymore for whatever reasons, all of that. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So we arrived here, and of course, like we start to we we, need, we had to start from scratch, like you know, like since learn how to use our skills, uh, like painting, cleaning. Like I started cleaning toilets in a bar. I started like collecting all the cans to so I can have some money, so I can buy cards to call to my friends in Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. My dad had his business in Mexico, which he didn't need to do any like labor work and then when we come here obviously here you need to like suck it up and and do everything or you're not gonna eat right so um yeah that was he started you know learning how to paint how to clean cars and and everything from scratch and he was 40 right and uh yeah slowly same as my mom you know in mexico we have more more you know um income i will say like you know you have your life there then then you can have those 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 things that we need to do here someone else over there can do it yeah but here when you're new and like you know you had to you know suck it up and pretty much live you know like on on like down here and then start building up and after you know a lot of years of uh, working really hard. Now I'm in the UFC. My parents have their house. They have cars. My sisters have scholarships uh, for one of the best universities here. They're, one of them represents Canada in wrestling. Um, my other sister go marry and have her kids. So like it's, you know, it's a process and, and we're here and we are still working really hard. That's amazing, Lupi. It's such a great story. And Loopy, this is all after a trip to Disneyland. Yeah, I, I, and then I haven't gone there yet. Yeah, wait, I was going to ask day. that. I was going to ask that. Have you gone? No. Never? No, I haven't. Oh, man, you got to get there. Okay. Wait, guys, listen, if you want any, if you have any kids, if you want them to pack their clothes in 2.2 seconds, just say we're going to Disneyland and it'll be packed in like... <laughs> In, in record time, I'm telling you that. I remember my parents would say the same thing and they'd be like, oh, we're at Disneyland. And then you get there, like, we're going to church. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, 
I was 14 and a bit, almost 15. So you have your life in Mexico, right? Like, yeah. really difficult. It's not like you're a little baby and then or a little kid and then you're like, ah, oh, whatever mm. happens, you know? I already had like my, like, my thing established there. So it was mm. pretty, it was hard. It was really yeah. hard. But I cried for like a year straight. Like I was mm. like, what the hell is going on, right? It's, you're a teenager, you're going through all these things. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, Lupe. Well, we're so glad that, you know, that everything worked out for you and your family and that now you're representing Canada and Mexico. I, I just think that's beautiful, you know, when we see those things. Yeah. On October 9th, you're fighting Sam Hughes. And I said in the intro that this is a trilogy. People don't know, but you fought her twice as an amateur. First time it was a draw, and then the next time was a unanimous decision win for you. So that means you've spent 30 minutes in the cage with her already. What can we expect when we see you fight Sam Hughes? Well, all you can expect is a better version of myself. All the fights that you see, that's great. But this one, I'm going to look even better than my other fights. That's all I can say, you know. I'm just going to show up and have fun and do my thing. And everything will line up. And yeah. All right. That's amazing. Also, something that action packed, right? It would be like, that's, that hasn't changed. That's definitely going to be on the menu. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's not changing. Now it's going to be an action. And it's going to be fun. That's for sure. That's you amazing. You go out of the cage this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lupi, we go to the fans and we ask them for some questions. So we have a few fan questions before we let you go, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. The first one is from at Sunny D. Uh, what is the best food to eat in Mexico and what is the best food to eat in Canada? Oh, okay. So Canada, Vancouver, sushi. The sushi here is great. Nice, nice. Uh, in Mexico... Oh, uh, seafood also is great because, you know, we have the coast. Uh, well, well, depends where you go, I guess. Um, tacos, you know, like all that, all that, you know, Mexican but, stuff. Yeah, they're really good. But you had to go to the places where, like, they're making the tortilla on your face. Like, like that's the best. Like, homemade kind of food. And, you know, those little, those little um, places, that's, that's where to go. Nice. Like the little mom and pop shops, right? Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, next question is from my wife, Erin S2. She asks, what is your favorite hobby outside of training and fighting? Oh, that question is not that cool for me because honestly, I don't <laughs> have that much. Like I just, it's just fighting. It's just training, going home. Well, I guess I just uh, hang out with my dog and my family, my boyfriend, going for little hikes with my dog. But if I didn't have a dog, I will not go for a hike. I will just stay home. <laughs> so, yeah. Because, I don't know, I'm always out doing stuff. So all I want to do is be home, chill, relax, take care of my home. You know, just... All right. I'm a homebody, I'm going to say. No, no, that's okay. Are you Are you watching a lot of Netflix? Is there a show you could recommend? Uh, no, because I have my dog, as I say, so he keeps me really busy. And like, oh, okay. I'm a messy, messy, messy cooker. So every time I cook, like I leave it and then I come back from training and then I have a job to do in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's pretty much I do. Luke, Luke, what dog do you have? I have a Formosa Monta dog. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a rescue from Taiwan. Oh, oh beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice. it's amazing. So when the pandemic started, I always wanted to have a dog and I told my boyfriend, I want a dog, I want a dog. And he's like, no, you don't have time. But when the pandemic happened, um, he's like, okay, you can have a dog, we can have a dog, but it has to be a rescue. And then I was looking, 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 find this one. And he's, you know, he has his issues and whatever, but he's great. He's great. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. And what's his name? Freddie. Freddie? Mm-hmm. All right, nice. Freddie's not around right now. I was hoping Freddie would be while well, rocking in between the cameras or something. Yeah, he's downstairs with another dog. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last question, Lupi, again, we appreciate it. Uh, from Sarah's23, what would you be if you weren't a fighter? Oh, that's a good question because I don't even know. <laughs> so, okay, well then, when did you know you were going to be a fighter? Like, how, when did you know that was going to be the path for you? To, to be honest, since I was a little kid, I, I wanted to do uh, WWE. You know? Yeah. Okay. People and jumping and all of that stuff. I okay. loved it. And then, even since I was a little kid, my mom would put me into, like, you know those uh, pools with balls? With, like, yeah. socks? Yeah, like balls. So she would put me there, and then I'll, I'll fight the boys, and I'll bite them, I'll punch them. <laughs> I always been like a like a tomboy, I guess, right? Okay. And uh, yeah, like she will be pregnant, and then the moms will come to her and be like, "Oh, what the hell? Your your kid is like a monster!" Like I was a little monster, and yeah. And I guess since I, I always had it in me, but I just didn't know it was such a thing as I am a man. I never hear it. Then after years, uh, my mom put me into track. I tried judo, and I loved judo. I did really well, like, right away. I was competing and winning, and it was good. And then I kind of started, like, teenager, and then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm too cool for that. <laughs> Moved to Canada. After a few years being here, I met my boyfriend, and then he's like, you know, you're, you're so young. Maybe you should go back to judo, do something, right? So I was like, okay. I went back to judo. I started started training and then uh he invited me to go watch the ufc the fights and that that time ronda rosie was fighting um one of the first oh he's here there you go, Freddy. <laughs> well freddie's making an appearance if you're listening on spotify you gotta check this out oh, wow beautiful dog <laughs> he's so cute there's freddie oh um, that's amazing so heavy and then um uh what, what i was saying so you were um you went to the ufc event and you saw ronda rousey we watched the fights at his friend's house and ronda rousey was fighting the night and then i'm like i want to do that and then he's like if you want to do that you gotta start training hard so i'm like okay perfect i i joined the club where i'm at now titan and then i told him i want to fight but after seeing me my coach is like I don't think you can fight. Like, like I couldn't strike to save my life. Like I would go like that. I didn't want to get hit. Like I was a mess for one year. I was just in the corner, just moving, doing footwork, whatever, doing stuff, no sparring. After two years, finally, I was ready to have my first fight, and I did it. And now, and now the story goes. <laughs> That's so amazing. when did you start to realize that, hey, you know what, I can't bite my opponents? When do you start to realize that? Uh, pretty quick. 
<laughs> that's that's kind of like a day one lesson. I yeah, don't I mean, your opponents. You know. I feel like pulling their hair when they are on top, like oh, you know, move. But yeah, I cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lupi, uh, it was so incredible to meet you. Like, I mean, what a pleasure for us being Canadian for ourselves. You know, we're a Canadian MMA podcast. And so it means so much to us when we can talk to and support Canadian fighters. It, it's it's such an honor. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Before we before we let you go, is there anybody that you want to say anything to or, or shout out? Uh, just like you guys, thank you for having me. And thanks everyone that has been with me since day one. You know, there is a lot of people that they've been with me since day one, since the day that I didn't know anything, no job, no striking, nothing. So to those people, my boyfriend, you know, he's always there uh, to do my wake-ups, my diet, my strength conditioning. So, yeah, I'm just really, you know, everyone that is with me, like, it's just I have a huge team in all over the world, actually, that, that care and loves me, and I can feel it, and I just, you know, want to say thank you. That's awesome, Lupi. Well, thank you so much, Prince. I'll let you say goodbye. I'll take care of Lupi. And also, don't forget Freddie. Like, Freddie doesn't get any mention also. Like, Freddie should yeah. get a mention too, right? Like, Listen, like, I him <laughs> Mostly, he make me more work than anything. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lupi. We are going to be cheering for you like crazy when you fight the trilogy fight on October 9th. We know you will win. We will be cheering you on and we'll be supporting you all along the way throughout your career. Thank you very much, guys. Have thank a good you. day. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. Wow. What an amazing opportunity for us, right? To speak to one of Canada's greatest, we, we said it in the intro, one of Canada's greatest opportunities for gold. Man, yeah. Prince, this strawweight division is open, right? It is full of killers, but yep. Loopy is a killer herself. And I'm telling you, just watch out for great things for her. She's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And guys, again, if you guys are listening, you can listen to this podcast via Spotify. Follow us in Instagram, Fight Inside Podcast, and you can watch this video on YouTube of Fight Inside Podcast. Follow and subscribe. That was an amazing interview, Tim. Yeah, that that yeah. You know, great future for her. Right. I future. know. And I do want to take an opportunity to shout out and say thank you to our friends over at Midday Squares. I know you mentioned them at the beginning of the podcast, so you'll see, you know, you'll see Prince and I eating these from now on during the podcast. Midday Squares are the world's first functional chocolate bars. They're everything that a chocolate bar isn't and everything that a protein bar wishes that they could be. So it's a great balance. They taste amazing. They fuel you. They satisfy your hunger throughout the day. Um, if you'd like to try them, and I really do suggest you do, give them a shout. Uh, use the link in our show notes or visit MiddaySquares.com and use code FIGHTINSIGHT15 for 15% off your first order. Uh, give them a try. We really appreciate it. And it helps support the podcast as well. So just wanted to say thank you to Midday Squares. Yeah, Tim, this, is, this thing is amazing, man. Like, this is so good. You got to wipe your teeth. What are you doing? It's a huh? mess. Is Never it? Mind. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So uh, with the podcast, Prince, what we do want to talk about today, what is it that we were going to talk about? We were going to talk about fighter pay. I kind of want to bring up that mm -hmm. fighter mm -hmm. pay. We talk about this on and off all the time. You always talk about how I fight with people on the internet about things. This is one thing that I'm always fighting 
you know, with people. So let's just bring it up here. There's a couple of pictures I want to show. So here's from our good buddy, Dana Krabs online. Oh, this uh, banner here is in the way. But this is the kind of thing that you see a lot. Dana pay being a massive amount. And then the fighter pay is a little tiny amount, right? So that's a funny one there. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, recently, Jared Cannonier, and this is maybe what we could talk about. Mm -hmm. Jared Cannonier said that for his UFC debut in 2015, he had to organize a GoFundMe for $5,000 to help him pay for his two-month training camp in Arizona. He took two months vacation from his job in Alaska. You know, 37 people helped raise $6,100 for him. And so he posts that and then people jump on that as if it's a bad thing, you know, like, oh, why should people, why should these fighters have to set up a GoFundMe for their fights and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Let me go to you, Prince, first. What do you think about this whole argument about fighter pay? We're not talking about the John Jones 10 million stuff. We're just talking mm -hmm. about when fighters here at the entry level are getting GoFundMes or things like that. What do you think about that? You know what people don't realize is like, you know, in order to be in a fight camp, like it costs money, like to, uh, you know, to pay your fighters, the facility, your diet, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. get to prepare for a, for a fight right and so i mean it costs money i need to take time off of work and in, in in order for you to focus you need to take i mean completely put your concentration onto this and so i mean for me it'd be like listen these guys like mma like it's not it's not like boxing like you've got to worry about a whole like it's a whole different ball game that like you've got kicks submissions all these things to worry about and then they're like, getting a bare minimum so i honestly they should be i honestly think they should get paid you know a little bit of a pay increase in terms of like you know what in terms of uh um uh money to show up uh money to even the purses even the bonuses they should get a little bit more right just i mean just because of you know all the things that they need to get through to get to where they are right and so um and on top of that some of the injuries that you're seeing in ufc like come on Tim, like you know broken legs right yeah, um, yeah. And, and all this stuff so i mean it's, there's so much dangers that's associated with it i just i just feel like they should you know be at least somewhere close up there you know, with like boxing money you know what i mean so but but who boxing money so people make that argument are you talking about the top tier guys like ufc top tier should be equal to boxing top tier because i don't know how much low level like what did the guy make who was the entry level fight on the undercard of the jake paul fight make you know what i mean like well, we don't know what those guys make how, how i don't okay, know so i know okay so if, I, I think i think i saw somewhere around is it three hundred thousand to 500 somewhere under underneath jake paul because jake paul okay and, but that, that's the co-main right yes the co-main yeah okay it's not talking the co-main talking talking we're talking, uh, yeah, I want to focus on Cannoneers talking about his very first fight in the UFC. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about that guy, the guy wow. who's making their first fight in the UFC, and they're complaining that those guys aren't getting paid more. Uh, let me let me, let me, me go at it in a different way. You know, here's another shot, and this is from MMAJunkie.com. This was regarding um, Cheyenne Buys, and I apologize if the name is wrong, but she was she won the um, performance of the night on her second fight in the UFC. 
And she was like breaking down crying at how much that 50,000 meant to her. Of course, 50,000 means a lot to everybody. Um, but she was saying how like she was broke and all that. And when questioning Dana, he replies, look, she's one and one in the UFC and she's made what? $80,000 in the last six months. This is one of those sports where you have to win. If you win, everything's good. If you lose, everything's bad. I do kind of appreciate that honesty aspect and honesty of it. Right. And I think we go back to our podcast with Ashley Evans Smith, where she said that Dana says that this sport is not a career. It's an opportunity. Like this sport is not meant to set you up for the rest of your life. I think Cannoneer goes on later to talk about there. He was on an interview uh, here. He's on this interview with the mm-hmm. MMA hour with uh, Ariel Helwani. And he was saying, I should have hundreds of thousands, a hundred thousand or more hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, just sitting there. That that's how I should be. And it's like, Hey buddy, who has a hundred thousand dollars sitting in their bank account? Like I get that he's an athlete and all that, but I feel like sometimes people's perception of what money should be earned is a little bit off. And I think like, you know, if you're uh, essentially you're an amateur turning pro or you're a young pro getting into the UFC, I, I mean, I don't know how much money you've had or what job you have, but to set up a GoFundMe, you were doing that because you wanted to quit your job, right? Not earn any money and just 24-7 train. And I get it. And I get that you need to do that to become Jared Cannonier, right? That we know now. But I don't know whose fault that is. Like everybody has to kind of sacrifice to become what you want to be like sometimes there's sacrifices that have to be made and when it comes to money yeah and and to that Cheyenne buys like you know I don't know what her contract is or whatever but yeah when you start out you're making a little bit of money and hopefully you win and you get those bonuses and hopefully you get a performance of the night which I know is you know you can't bank on that but there's money to be had but I don't know that it's like I feel bad sometimes for Dana White you know like I feel bad that he gets hit because he's like, wait a second, this, you know, some of the fighters, they'll only fight two or three times a year. How much money am I supposed to pay them? You know, and then, you know, some of the undercards, you're not the ones bringing in the people. So any money that he can get, I don't know. It's really tough. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, okay. I mean, you could look at it that way too. I mean, that that's another perspective of it, right? I mean, you need to know what you're getting yourself into, right? Um, and but yeah, actually, just to talk about people that started from next to nothing. I mean, you know, you got Connor who was like on welfare at one point. You got Francis. Uh, you got Oliveira from like he was growing up in the favelas. Like, I mean, just trying to make it out, make it out, and look how far they've come, right? And so, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people see this and they're like, "Oh man, I want to do the same thing." But man, the sacrifices that those guys had to go through, especially with Francis too, like different leaving different countries and trying to learn a different language, it was huge, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, well. I wonder if like it, and you can't even you can't even go to like you can't even there's like no actual union that like says okay everybody should this is the standard for everybody Bellator yeah. see everyone should be making this X amount right and so you know that's why people switch over different organizations just because of the incentives that they make right so sure you go yeah you go where you think you can make more money I mean there's been fighters that have said hey it's better for me to go to Bellator I can make more money in Bellator with sponsorships and things like that. But, you know, not everybody can. And then, you know, some fighters, I think Elise Anderson was saying that, you know, when we interviewed Elise Anderson, if you didn't see our podcast with her, 
But she talked about when she got that contract from one FC and she even said she went to Dana Wayne and showed him and he's like, Hey, for that money go. And I think it was on her Instagram. She was posting about her life mm-hmm. and uh, she posted saying that she got, it was a six figure contract for one FC. So, I mean, you know, Hey, at some point you can make it to that level. But I think that grinding when you're at that lower level, I feel like, like you said, Prince, you kind of know the sport you're in and you know, you know, the landscape, like, you know, you're not making a ton of money on day one. You're not, not everyone's going to be a Sugar Sean O'Malley or a Conor McGregor, right? Someone who's going to bring in a lot of fans and whatever. I don't know. I think it's tough. I just, I don't like sometimes the fighters, uh, outwardly complaining about pay kind of thing. I don't know. It's just tough. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned Ashley Evans' uh, comment because, uh, guys, and if you haven't seen it, our episode with Ashley Evans it was amazing uh, podcast as well. You guys have to watch that. But her comment about saying, "Hey, it's being here is an opportunity," and you know, it's you know, it's not a career. Like that was such a huge wake up call, right? Because you yeah. think, and you made it. Like, you, listen, I'm making millions out of got you know media coverage and all, and so. Um, you know, you still, while you're in there, you got to sell yourself too, right? Whether mm-hmm. you're your hair purple or, you know, getting into fights during a uh, post-conference or, you know, calling out podcasters like myself and you, there you go. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I know we'll talk about this more. And as, as we get different, um, fighters making comments and things like that, I'll bring it up to us, Prince, so that we can kind of talk. But I just thought that Ken and your one was funny with the GoFundMe and Hey, look, all the power to you. I think if you're a young fighter and you have the outreach where you can set up a GoFundMe and have the public support you in that kind of manner so that you can then focus 100% on your training so that you can then leverage that fight into something better for yourself, why not do it, right? Like, why not let the people support you? It's the same as if you're out there selling shirts or selling merch or whatever, right? You know, those are all things that help support the fighters. And you know, and for the, I will say, Prince, and I forgot to bring this down here, damn it. For people that complain about the fighter pay, what I always say is, how many UFC shirts do you own? How many Bam Bam Barbarena shirts have you bought, right? Like, how much are you supporting the fighters? Because that's where the money comes to, to change that, right? Like, how many of us have, you know, Toronto Raptor jerseys or LA Laker jerseys? Where do you think all that money goes? That money goes eventually trickles down into into player uh, fees, player salaries, right? So the people that all complain is like, hey, take a look around your bedroom and see how much UFC paraphernalia or fighter paraphernalia have you bought? You know, do you tune into their podcast and buy things from their sponsors, right? All those little things are ways that you can help. So don't just sit there and say, hey, I should you know, Dana, you should pay people more money. I think you got to think like, okay, well, how much am I contributing? Did I buy the last pay-per-view or did I stream it? Right? Like, you got to think about those things. We're going to go on commercial break. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? You don't like it? You don't like it? No, listen, uh, no, but I also, well, I wanted to, since you mentioned it, shout out to Bam Bam also. I have one shirt from Bam Bam. Shout out. That's what I'm saying. And I buy all the pay-per-views, man. I buy the pay-per-view. So, you know, and I, and I, what I was saying, what I was going to bring, I was going to bring my UFC gym shirts or my, my UFC um, branded Reebok apparel that I've been buying and stuff like that, you know, because you know, at some point it kind of makes its way down. So it's a tough one, man. I, I don't know that it's ever going to change, but, uh, but we will see. Yep. Prince, 
I do want to talk. One other thing that I wanted to bring up for today was people have been responding well when we've been talking a little bit about ourselves, you know, to give people insight into who is Prince and Tim. Uh, how did you get started into martial arts? That's what I wanted to ask you. Like, what brought you into martial arts? People know that we met at the gym that we were training at, that we are training at, um, Muay Thai, boxing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But what got you into martial arts as a, as a person? You know what? So I, I worked out out of, um, I, I don't know if you guys still remember, there was Extreme Fitness. There was an Extreme Fitness. They had that uh, gym brand all over the place. And there was one close to Young and Eglinton. And I, uh, I was training there and I, I had a session with one of the trainers and he's like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll bring some some gloves and uh, we'll do some boxing. I'm like, okay. And how, cool. and how sorry, how old are you at this point? Uh, man, I, I swear. 49. Was, yeah, give or take. Give or take. Uh, I was, uh, well, I think I was in my yeah, 20s or 21. I was, okay, uh, okay. so I got, I got in there and then I, um, you know, we started training and, you know, what I, I liked it. I was so good. I remember buying the wraps. I'm like, holy crap, look, I got wraps. But did on you just say you were so good? Is that what you said? Yeah, the guy said it was amazing. He was like, oh, you're like the next patio. I'm like, oh, thanks, man, from uh, Young and Egg. Thanks. Um, and so I started doing that. And then um, after that, like, I, I stopped for a little bit. But then I'm like, man, I really – I missed all that. I really want to get back into the that martial arts and get that type of training. And then I ended up uh, going into P4P and started uh, training out of there. And, uh, you know, the rest has been history. And I, I've loved it since getting into Muay Thai. It's like a different type of cardio. I remember the first – couple of classes man i was so nervous because it's so intimidating you got people there that's been fighting for such a long time and you go in there and like man you just hope you don't mess up right and yeah now it's just like this is it like it's you know it's one of my sports i enjoy doing it and uh, yeah and then slowly got into jits as well and uh you know not as good but you know i'm trying um but you tim how did you get into martial arts like how did you get into this type of sport um I think growing up, I was always playing soccer and tennis, you know, competitively. There wasn't a day that didn't go by that I wasn't doing one of the two sports, you know. So I never did martial arts growing up. Obviously, as a as a young boy, you're always watching like, you know, martial arts movies or, you know, uh, boxing movies or, you know, Bruce Lee fights or Jackie Chan, whatever. And um, it wasn't until I was in university that uh, the opportunity presented itself. UFC, okay, this is going to age me, but UFC was, you know, it was around, right? But it wasn't like a huge, huge thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was at university, I'd be playing the intramural sports or whatever. And then there were some signs, like my first year of university, and it said, uh, come learn Jeet Kune Do. And I knew Jeet Kune Do was what Bruce Lee did. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should check this out. And one of my buddies in university, he was a karate, he, he represented Canada for karate. He was like one of the national athletes for karate. And so I said, hey, you know, check this out. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that guy. You should go train. And I started doing the classes there. And it was a guy that had a gym elsewhere that was coming into York to kind of like find students, you know. And uh, the guy looked exactly like John Kreese from Karate Kid, like the bad guy sensei. Like literally exactly like him, Prince exactly he was so mean man if you were doing something like you know we'd be throwing punches or whatever he would come over and he'd go do it again and you would do it and he would like grab your wrist wrist lock you you'd be on the ground like tapping out this is before people even knew what tap out meant but i was like freaking tapping on the ground it's like a natural reaction like he would have you in a, in a thing and 
he was so mean and so tough, but he was great. Um, rest in peace to him. His na- name is Dale Johns. He, he ran a school called Integral Combat School, ICS. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he was a great guy, man. And I think I stayed with him for like five, at least five years doing, it was Jeet Kune Do, knife fighting and Eskrima. And so we did that. So we had the Filipino fighting sticks and stuff like that. Um, really good. And then I took a break from it for a long time. Like he was, just, his gym was just too far away. Uh, took a break from it for a long time and then ended up, you know, coming to the gym where I met you and Muay Thai and whatever. And it was just because I was golfing a lot and I was getting fatter and fatter. And I was like, what the heck is happening to me? <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, and then I decided, Hey, I got to get back into it. UFC was a lot more popular back then. I was like, okay, I got to find something. And then, you know, away, away it went. And then, haven't stopped. And I guess that was like, I don't know, maybe seven, seven, eight years ago now. It's been a long time, but you know, did, did, did the Muay Thai heavy at the beginning doing boxing pretty heavy. And then I took a long time where I was doing MMA and then was doing the jujitsu I did for a long time. I I would kind of break it up. Like I would do a lot of Muay Thai. Then I would stop and do a lot of jujitsu. Like I would focus on one more than the other. Mm. And uh, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it. So yeah, yeah at one point you were teaching the MMA classes, right? Okay. Well, because anyone that watches this might be like, whoa, whoa. No, it was only when like the other coaches couldn't come around. Like I knew the drills to do to run people through. So uh, yeah, I would run the class here and there just to kind of help out when the, when the coaches couldn't come. And of course, you know, the crazy thing is, and I think I've talked about this before, but the first coach I ever had for MMA was UFC fighter, Sean Pearson, right? Sean, the Punisher Pearson, man, that guy, that guy brought back bad memories of my, of my Jeet Kune Do coach, because man, Sean was unforgiving. That dude would like punish you if you were doing bad. Right. So, uh, what a good guy he is though. Yeah. You know, with Sean, he, I just automatically do pushups. He, he can't say nothing to you if you're already doing pushups because he's probably going to ask you to do pushups. Might as well just do it. Get ready. By the time he gets to you, I was like, oh, okay, well, you're doing it anyway. So, okay. So, yeah. for, that, for the reason. But we'll hopefully we'll get Sean here as well. Sean in yeah. here uh, doing the podcast because he'd be a great guy to interview. Yeah, for sure, man. He was a great guy. All right, Prince. Let's talk about our fight on site. This Today, what we're doing is a little bit different. We're going to do, well, we always link it back to our guests. So today, in honor of the fact that Lupi represents both Canada and Mexico when she comes to the ring, we are doing the Fight On Site New Home Edition. I didn't know how to phrase this, really, but I thought this was okay, right? I was going to say, like, adopted home or whatever. But, you know, it's for those fighters that represent more than one country. And I love that. Anytime I see that, I'm like, that's pretty cool, man, that they're, that they represent both. So uh, I'll let you go first, Prince. And I love your guy's story, man. This is a great one. All right, guys. So my pick for Fight On Site Home Edition, my pick is Peter Sabota. Mm -hmm. Yes. So basically why I picked him, because he's got, he's, he fights out of the welterweight division. And so he is Polish slash German descent. And so he was always getting a lot of flack because like, okay, so who do you side by? Are you, are you siding with Poland or are you siding with Germany? And, you know, he was always getting a lot of, uh, uh, you know, pro- problems with that. Everyone was saying, okay, which side are you going to pick? And so at, that, at one point he's like at UFC Hamburg, he was like, you know what? I'm not even going to pick any of the side because he was, he, was, he was born in, uh, in Poland and raised in Germany. So at one point he's like, you know what? Forget it. You know what? I'm not going to 
represent anything. I'm going to represent try actually Tim I want you to try and guess which country this he represented during that UFC. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and I'm going to say that because the UFC would not allow him to represent two country flags on his shorts. He chose to go with one love Jamaica. Wow, Tim, it's like it's like it's, it's I- like you got it bang on. Wow. He <laughs> Smart guy right here. Tim is looking through my uh, through my fight on site notes, but yeah, he ended up picking <laughs> he ended up picking up uh, Jamaica, and so uh, Jamaica. You know, part of the reason why he picked it was because his dad loved Bob Marley, um, and he grew up listening to that, and so he loved the country, he loved the vibe, he loved the, how, what it represented. It felt like he represented represented him, so um, that's why he ended up uh, going with that uh, with that country. So he represented Jamaica. So it was actually pretty cool. <laughs> he like rolled in Jamaica flag and. Jamaican yeah. flag. So that's that's my that's my pick. That's my yeah. Pick. Obviously, obviously, I'm cheating a little bit because I knew you picked him. But I remember watching. I remember watching that fight. And when he came out to Jamaica, the commentators made a big point of saying that story because I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Like you know, and it was because yeah, they they weren't gonna allow him to do a half half flag or whatever. Like he had to pick one, and he's like, well, "I don't want to pick one. I'm I'm representing both. So what do I do?" And so he did the thing because you can pick no country. Right, you can pick that. Uh, back in the Reebok days, they had that silver logo that was just kind of like a a blank flag, and so you could pick that. But he didn't want to do that, so he represented Jamaica, which was you know kind of cool. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. All right, my pick is also uh, a nice feel good story. So my pick for the new home edition is Makwan Amir Kahani. So do you know this guy, Prince? No, you got to fill me in, buddy. <laughs> really? This yeah. guy fights out of SBG with Conor McGregor's team. He mm. burst onto the scene with, I think it was like an eight-second KO, like a flying knee KO. And because I'm the, I'm the guy that watches like the fight pass prelims, the prelims, and then the main card, right? So I, I, I watch a lot of these low-card fights. This guy broke onto the scene, and uh, he's, his nickname is Mr. Finland. And when he got onto the mic, he did this amazing interview, talked about like wanting to give his mother a home or a bed or something like that. It was really nice. And then his second fight, he he did amazing. And again, he like got on the mic and said, you know, I'd like to buy my mom a house or whatever. So it was really cool, man. The guy had very good personality and whatever. And he's a great, very likable guy. Um, but his story is that at the age of five or six, he was born in Iran and the Iran-Iraq war was going on. And so around the age of five or six, his family had to leave Iran. And through whatever means, they ended up getting into Finland. And so he grew up in Finland. And the reason his nickname is Mr. Finland is he wants to pay respect to the country that took his family in and, and helped raise them and, and helped keep them safe or you know give, give them a home. So he represents Finland in in honor of that, and I just thought, man, that's such a cool story, you know? Um, what a nice guy, and he has such a good personality. So that is my pick. Yeah, you know, I did. I think I've heard of that story before, just because of just be, you know what? Um, just because I think there was an influx. So we were, there was, uh, I think there was something going on in Afghanistan at the time as well, too. With refugees coming in and out, and people. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, and I remember, I, yeah, I remember coming to that story because he came out with the flag. And then, yeah, that's actually a really good one. Good pick, Tim. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, guys, for the fight 
on site. What we want you to do is come on over to our Instagram on Saturday and you are going to vote for who you want to win on our fantasy matchup. So it is going to be Peter Sabata versus Makwan Amirkani. So come on over to Fight Insight Podcast on Instagram on Saturday. Check out our story and uh, that's where you'll be able to pick your vote. Prince, mm -hmm. What more do we have to say before we have to go here? Do we have anything that we wanted to say? Okay, this guys, again, another uh, recap again. Follow us, subscribe, and YouTube, a Fight Insight Podcast. Yeah. Instagram, Fight Insight Podcast. Follow us. Listen to us on Spotify, a Fight Insight Podcast. And, guys, if you want to, uh, you know, you guys have been actually snacking on this midday uh, squares. It's actually really, really good. So again, if you guys want to save 15% on your first order, uh, you guys have to just put use the code FIGHTINSIGHT15. So FIGHTINSIGHT15. Right. There you go. All right, buddy. Um, that was a good podcast, man. Lupi Godinez, she fights. We're recording this podcast a little bit early, but she's set to fight on October 9th. So we will release this closer to October 9th when you're hearing this. Be sure to check her out and cheer her on, man. What a great story she has. I hope it came through okay. I know there were some audio technical difficulties. I'll try to edit out a little bit here and there. But uh, thank you so much, buddy. This was a great podcast. Everybody, check out all our old podcasts. Check everything out. Right around now, you'll start to see links to things coming up. Just click on some of those other videos. Subscribe. Do all that jazz. Thank you, Prince. All right. Thanks, Tim.